Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Quick housekeeping for you as per usual. Make sure you rate and review five stars on Apple's podcast app. Follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. My YouTube channel, subscribe, Felix Levine. Search it on YouTube. You can subscribe, watch everything in its full video formats as well as smaller clips and highlights. Um, and I love when you guys reach out to me. Tell me what you do like about the episodes, maybe what you don't like. That's also incredibly helpful. Um, guests you want to, to see on the show. Um, so please, please reach out to me, FelixLevineWTG at gmail.com. You can find that on my website, Felix-Levine.com, or just DM me on Instagram. Uh, I usually check those, so please, please do that. Um, it's really awesome to, to hear from you guys. And my guest today, he's an up-and-coming rapper and has a fascinating life story. He just released his single featuring Dave East. Please welcome Case. live Oof. case what's up what's up what's up what's up what's up how's it going how's it going good to good to meet you good to have you on appreciate it man appreciate it um i was bumping your song in this in the car this morning just the wave file though don't mm -hmm. worry because nobody else has that felt very special of course um no so okay wait, wait, we have lots to talk about but you know I'm gonna ask you first, of course. Because he came, know. he came prepared. Always prepared. Always, always prepared. Do your research. What's the little? What's the little something the world doesn't know about you? So I feel like something. This is gonna a little tie in, right? So I, it always ties in. I think to my my personal story, and I think it's something that's really cool. So something I feel like a lot of people don't know about me, and I hate to use this word, but like I feel like I'm a super nerd mm. when it comes to just like everything that I do. So I love like video games. I love comics. I love movies. I love all things like that, and. It's funny how like I think it just bleeds into like my regular story because it kind of sets me apart from like my parents. My parents were like super they could have been superstar athletes. My mom could have definitely played for like WNBA and my father got signed to the White Sox. Oh, wow. Um he just never took the deal because his father thought he was too young. And then um so I guess like having that expectation, you know, of having parents like that, they expected me to also, you know, kind of be like that superstar athlete kid and i was just completely opposite like i just wanted to stay home play video games and i like really really like there's a difference between a kid staying home and playing video games and then someone who's just like a casual like video game player like no like i used to geek out all the time and i feel like a lot of people don't see that side of me a lot of people think i'm like this uh it is cool like this fly kid or like tons of confidence and like back then growing up like definitely just wasn't like that i was just a couch potato did nothing and just love to just like geek out on video games comic books and just things like that um okay wait so so just so i so i can understand like the the story before we get into some of that mm -hmm. um you grew up you grew up in where bay ridge brooklyn bay ridge your whole life yeah so i was born so i was born and raised right in bay ridge brooklyn um but i grew up a lot in sunset park because while my mom was working i stayed with my grandma a lot of the time okay. and my grandma lives in sunset so Shout out to grandma. What, what, uh, like what kind of streets? Like, cause we're probably close. I'm on Ace. Uh, huh. I'm in Park Slope. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so we probably aren't too far from each other. No, yeah. So I grew up around like the 50s. So like okay. 59th Street is where I really grew up on. Um, cause I went to PS314, which is on 59th Street. Okay. And then like I live around like 68th Street in Bay Ridge. 
Okay, and then you where'd you go for where'd you go to high school? Uh, for Hamilton High School. Oh, okay, so the, mm-hmm. w- that's out in that's out in Bay Ridge. Yep, it's like on eighty something Street okay, in like cool. Shore Road. Yeah, no, I had a few friends that went there. Um, okay, and then you, so you were just like a, a geeky kid. I was a super geeky. But why is there a negative connotation with geeky? Because I mean, maybe like in today's world there isn't, but I feel like back then there was definitely like a big stigma because at least in my time when I was growing up, like everyone wanted to be like the cool kids, right? Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, those are the cool kids and like West Side Story looking kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think. As time progressed on, and I think as we moved forward, I think as like just a society, I think a lot of like the older trends have come back. And clearly, if you guys watch Stranger Things, the 80s is definitely like back in. Even with music, like The Weeknd, a lot of them, like yeah. the 80s is back in. And like all those times of like being like super electronic and super like, you know, I'm gonna wear like super high water pants and like these geeky looking clothes. Like, no, like it's back in style, but like it's always been in style. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of kid were you like growing up? Were you like, other than being geeky, like, were you were you into music? Like, did you think that that was a path that you could go down? Yeah. So my whole life, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I always wanted to be like famous. I just never knew like what I wanted to get into. So I grew up with a very like musically great family. So like my father and my mother always raised me on just great classic music, like everything. They gave me a very like broad spectrum. Like I listened all the way like back to doo-wop, like 20s music, all the way up to like rock, jazz, like everything. My father loved them. He loved Miles Davis. So I got to hear a lot of Miles Davis all the time. Um, I love just like 90s, like freestyle music, everything along those lines. Like my parents pretty much brought me up on all these different genres of music i guess to help me build like a palette and what i think can sound at least like good because i feel like if you're raised on just one piece of music that's all you know and i feel like i'm have like this little good conglomerate of like all the music i listen to and so you but you knew like you were gonna go into that world maybe i mean at one point it was always in my head like i was like damn like i really wish i could be like a superstar like all these people i see on tv but like I didn't know how, I guess, to go about that at the time. I didn't know what I wanted to dibble and dabble into. I used to rap all the time when I was a kid, like, to the songs. And I would try to, like, learn every lyric. So maybe, I guess it was always there, but I never, like, pulled that trigger. No pun intended. Why did you, uh, so, but what was the, like, why do you want to be famous so much? Uh, I always just felt like, like I said, maybe it was, like, that expectation that I had. I always wanted, this sounds horrible, but I always wanted to be just, like, better than everyone else no i kind of feel that. yeah it, it always i would just always want to be like better than everyone else and i just feel like i always loved helping people and i feel like if i could have gotten on a platform where i'm able to give back to the people because of like who i am and all the eyes are on me like it also shows that like you can also do it i know that sounds really cliche yeah, but yeah, yeah but that's really important because i feel like a lot of people nowadays don't have the same opportunities as a lot of other people and I feel like if I'm able to give back to them or give them a voice where I know they can speak on, then it's a lot better for everyone else. No, I agree. I kind of, I think I have this, maybe, maybe we have our own complexes. Like maybe those are mm-hmm. just like, cause I always thought when I was younger, it was, <laughs> I remember the conversation that I'd have with myself were not like, oh, can I be a professional athlete? It was like, which sport will I choose mm-hmm. as yeah. if I'm going to be gifted at every single one of these sports. And so I, but so like in my head, it was always like, I'll be famous. I'll be successful. I'll be this. And then, like, yeah. the funny part is that I'm not a professional athlete anymore. Uh, you know, we're close to it. Um, but uh, I don't know. But I think you're right. I think it's, like, I think, you know, and I'm, I've only known you for a solid, like, six and a half minutes now. But, like, <laughs> um, but like I can kind of tell that you, even from what Josh was telling me a little bit about you earlier, it's, like, you, uh, 
even in just saying like you would want a platform to help other people, that sounds very much like who you like. That is who you are. It seems yeah. to me. I've known only in your no, comments. Yeah. You know, like caring about or like wanting to help people. Um, and it's not like you wanting to be famous is not just because you're like some egocentric prick. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's no, like I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I think it even bleeds into like how my parents even like try to force sports on me. Um, especially my father because he so wanted no me to play baseball. Now, like they forced it on me. I tried it. Like funny story, but like he started training me for baseball and everything like that. And um, we were at the park like practicing one day. And I'm sorry, I'm a pretty boy, so I, I don't like getting hurt. And it's funny because I'm in the Marine Corps, right? Yeah, I did, yeah, and I did all that. this stuff. I got like my black belt, all that in the Marine Corps. But like, I don't like getting hurt. So when I used to train with my father. Um, it sounds hard, but he's like pinned me up like against the wall with like a baseball bat and like I would have to be forced to catch these balls And like I remember one day like, a ball just popped up and hit me like in like my chin or like my face And I was just I was like, you know, it's like I'm done So like I remember just like I threw the bat and I walked away and he's like, no, like you're gonna come back here and play and I was like, I'm gonna tell mom <laughs> And then he was just like, all right, we we'll go home <laughs> And then yeah, and then the first time I played basketball, I like broke my finger I was like, it's not it's not meant to be yeah. It's not it's not meant Damn. to be at all Wait, so but so your dad thought he was too young when he got signed with the White Sox? Yeah, so his father or my grandfather thought he was too um, oh. too young at the time. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, he never did the deal. But I feel like everything happens for a reason, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe it was for the best, and maybe, like, I wouldn't be here right now. So maybe I'd be a different kid, maybe living a whole different life. But I feel like everything happens for a reason, and now if I can do this and set my own path, then I'm able to change something. So explain the whole Marine Corps thing, like, that sounds like a very different, <laughs> a whole different lifestyle. It goes from talking about like comic Ooh. books and geeking out to I'm um, part of the Marine Corps. Ooh. All right, all right, that's a good story. So, uh, back to like where I first started um, high school, I was a couch potato. I remember telling you, obviously, I was a little a nerd all the time. I just wanted to stay home, do nothing. So, were you big? Were you like heavy? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I was definitely on the heavier side. Um, I have old pictures on Facebook. It's really bad. Um. But, yeah, I never wanted to be in the military, which is very interesting. I never wanted to join. I was like, this is not for me. I don't really care about the military too much. Um, then when I went to high school, I joined the JRTC program, which is like, you know, the little junior reserves officer training corps thing that they have for students. And knowing me, right, I don't know. I feel like I wanted at the time maybe to make like a whole lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. And um, I joined like the hardest team that they currently had, which was like extremely physical. And I joined it, and uh, yeah, from there, it kind of built, like, this passion to work out, get in a healthier lifestyle, be really, really good, and it changed, I guess, like, my perspective on, like, the military a little bit, because I was like, okay, like, maybe I'm good at this. Like, maybe I am really good at this physical stuff, and I can be good, and I felt like I always pushed myself harder than most people, and I was able to, like, excel quicker than most people and things like this, so... Like, just, like, my whole entire, long story short, like, I was on the JRTC program, in the JRTC program for a while. Nothing really, like, sparked me to join the military until, like, my junior, senior year when we had, like, the college fair. And, of course, you know, they always have the stands with all the military people recruiting. And um, I didn't want to go to college. Hated school. I always hated school. I thought it was really dumb. And then um, my recruiter was just like, hey, like, what do you want to do with your life? You know, he give you that, like, spiel. And then I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. I thought about joining the Army originally. And then um, my boys, it's funny, because, like, my boys wanted to join the Marine Corps, and they were my best friends. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going in with you guys. Like, <laughs> if you guys are doing it, I'm going to do it too. 
and then yeah and then from there on like i signed like the contract everything went well and then yeah i pretty much joined and i've been in for like seven years wow so but so at that point like do you, did you feel like you were like lost a little like, bit yeah like maybe like i just with, didn't know what i wanted to do at the time because i feel like that's a lot of kids at least in our yeah, of day and age like no one ever knows what they want to do i feel like a lot of people were sold this dream where if i go to college go to a good school i'll get a good job but like that's not the case and i feel like at least in today's world it's not the case because competition's so high like what makes you marketable like what makes you different i don't know job wants to take a, a student straight out of high school or they're just gonna pay you like bare minimum right you see what i'm saying but I feel like it was just going to make me, from overall perspective, I didn't realize how much I guess it was going to help my overall career and anything I did. Just gave me, like, that discipline. Um, but, yeah, I, I joined with my friends. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I came back home, I joined. I was in the reserve, so when I came back home, uh, I went straight to college, Wait, unfortunately. So, so, <laughs> so I don't, I have, like, really no familiarity with how any of this works. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious, like, so when you so you're 18 when you joined 17 17 mm -hmm. and so when you like sign all the paperwork and stuff like that like you're official like what like what happens like what's the process so like you pretty much go through like a medical screening you take a test called the ASVAB to see like pretty much how smart you are and what jobs you qualify for in the Marine Corps or the military in general after that you go to boot camp um which is three months long for the Marine Corps Where? in Paris Island okay so, yeah so we had someone in here yesterday that was I, I was doing um uh with john's show who's part of the marine corps so he was telling mm -hmm. me a little bit about this mm -hmm. but i didn't know how similar different so you go so it's so they so all every marine goes to paris island no so the way it's like divided is like there's two uh training depots so one's in the east one's in the west um for people who are like me are in the middle of the united states and like to the west of that border they go to san diego Okay. And then people who kind of nice. And, and we always call them Hollywood Marines yeah. because they kind of just like, Ooh. but then, you know, yeah, I, I yeah. guess maybe like weather wise, yeah. but no, East Coast Marines is right. where we at. <laughs> um, and then all the East Coast Marines they go to Paris Island. Okay, wait. So then, so in detail, like boot camp, because I don't, that doesn't sound fun. It was not fun. I will definitely Good tell day. you, like, it was definitely like. So I went in tip top shape, or at least I thought I was in tip top shape at the time. And it pushed me, like, way harder than I thought anything would ever push me. And I left in, like, crazy shape. Like, it was really, really tough. I think the first three weeks are, like, always the hardest. It's, like, a big adjustment because, you know, you're pretty much being told what to do every single second of the day. You have a picture of you in when you're in tip-top shape? Oh, yeah, I think I do. Show me after, but... Like, I, I definitely will. Um, I look... So, I was really skinny, but my endurance was, like, insane. So, but, like, at so at that point, are you telling yourself, like, I'm going to be a Marine for the rest of my life? So, like, I already went in at the time with uh, the mentality that I'm going to do this for 20 years. A lot of people wow. aren't like that. Like, a lot of people really just want to join for the four years, get the benefits, and then bounce, right? But I went in with that mentality, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this long term. Because, like, 20 years, I started at 17. I could retire at 37. You see what I'm saying? And, like, I really much set myself up for the rest of my life for, like, success, which I think is really important because... Like I said, not many people have, like, nowadays have, like, that good security. And I feel like the Marine Corps was a really good security for me to have. And it gives you a lot of opportunities. And it's just like everything else. You have to search for what you really want in the Marine Corps. And, like, if you don't push yourself and you don't want these things, you're not going to go anywhere. Wait, so did your—what did your family say? So at the time, like, my mom was very, very supportive of me. And, um— she definitely was a little scared because she's like, why the Marine Corps? You know what I'm saying? Like, why can't you join another branch? 
And like she was a little ignorant. She's like, you just want to die? Is that like what you want to do? You don't want to die an uneducated man? And I was just like, no, 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 no. It's not where I'm going with this. Like I could still get my degree if I really want to. Um, my dad was like super supportive. He was like, yeah, just go, just send him. Cause my dad was originally in the army. So you have you have siblings? No, only child. Oh, me too. Yeah, there we go. Wait, so but that's great. Like I feel like I don't know. If I told my parents, they'd be like, we scared as fuck. Yeah. They were. And like I said, my mom was mostly scared. Not really my father. My father was like all gung-ho about it because he's like really chilling. He was like, yeah, just go, bro. Do your thing, man. My mom was just like, are you sure this is what you want? This is going to be like your life. Uh, uh, uh. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Why not? So, I was so a kid. after the three months, like what's like the worst thing of boot camp? Uh, I want to say like the third week, I feel like was like the worst week. And honestly, like, I don't know. I don't know if it gets like easier or you just get like used to it, but in my opinion a lot of people always say like it definitely got easier because once you start being so acclimated to like the environment that you're in um you pretty much just like it's like smooth sailing from there on out but i do think the hardest week were the first three weeks because you're coming straight from home as a kid with no experience and you don't know what to expect and then you go into this world where your life is pretty much controlled the whole entire time because like they're training you that's their job safety is paramount so like i understand like their job is to train us so those first three weeks is a really, really big change. Like, the weather is super hot. The way you talk is completely different. You're out talking third person pretty much the whole entire time. Wait, in third, about yourself? Yeah. Like, the way you, like, you have to say, like, this recruit. Like, it's not like That's me, it. I, none of that no more. You have to say this recruit. Oh, wait, um, really? I feel like it would be the opposite. Wait, why? Because it's because, like, the, their whole, like, mindset. And, like, this is what, how I'm getting out of it, right? But their mindset is, like, everyone here is the same. We are all the same. We are one oh. team. So, like, if you say me, kind of, like, idolizes just you as a one person. So they want to build, like, this team fundamental where we're all the same. We're no different from one another. So You're you, not better than me. How do you refer to, like, your boy? Like, this recruit, that recruit. Oh. Like, that's it. Shit. Like, no last names, no Would nothing. You, like, point, when you say this recruit, you have to point yourself. Like, yeah, you can say, like, this recruit or that recruit. When you say that recruit, you can say, like, their last name if you know it. Oh. Yeah. Wait, and then you have no phone? No phone three months. And you're not sleeping great, I imagine. I mean, I don't know. You're supposed to get eight hours of sleep. That's what they say. You don't, you're not I don't know. I feel hours. like I did. <laughs> like, really? I definitely did already. Oh, screaming, so like, at four in the morning. I'm like, I guess I'm up. Yeah. Fuck. Wait. And, like, what do you like? What do you got? Do you eat well? Yeah. I think the food was actually, like, pretty decent. Like, I can't lie. What do you... Is it, like... It's, like, normal food. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, like, like what does it food. look like? I'm I'm picturing all this shit that, like... Like the idiot. I know like you're, you're probably movies. thinking about like Forrest Gump. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Like, like I have no idea. I'm no. just trying to picture it. Like what? Like set the scene. Ah, uh, so it's just like you pretty much like obviously like you have like chows, what they call it. You get food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and then you pretty much go to like a chow hall. It's like a, a dining hall, and like you're pretty much on a line. How many people are in this whole? So it depends how many. It's a, it's a ton of people. So. We we're in and out in like probably like five six minutes five to ten minutes like we get our food num 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 out 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 in like five minutes like yeah but like how many people are in all of Paris Island I I don't know how many people on Paris Island but in my platoon at the time there was like ninety something people and are you boys with all them no there's some that you hate yeah a thousand percent <laughs> like there's people like while you're there you're not gonna like just like everywhere else yeah. you go and then there's people who you stick naturally to who you like you're really cool with and I still talk to like two or three people from boot camp. That are like family to me now. You know what I'm saying? And so, so an after boot camp, what was like, wait, what was like the most like strenuous activity, like physical activity you did? I feel like the whole thing was super strenuous, 
But in my opinion, like what made or broke, like made or break me, I guess, was like the final hike, like the final final hike. So I hate hiking. Yeah, hated me it. Too. And like what they you know, like so like the thing is like we have so much gear. We have our rifles and we have like Kevlar's and like your heat. Your head produces the most heat a lot of the time. And we wear this helmet and it's like a hundred degrees. And it's just like I just want to pass out ninety nine percent of the time. But our final hike was like, I think I want to say like ten miles. And it was just so miserable because, like, after the final event, which is called the Crucible, like, I'm not going to give too much tea on it, but, like, the final events, like, they keep you up for, like, two, three days, and you're doing a bunch of these, like, oh, yeah. crazy events, all combat-oriented. You're, like, mimicking the old, like, combat events that, like, the Marines went through. And then at the end of all this, you pretty much just got to hike 10 miles, and it's just, like, your feet are wet. They're disgusting. You're gross. And it's really, really hectic because I, I hated, hated hiking. I couldn't stand hiking, but then it's just like, I knew that this was the final stretch. Like if you, this final hike can make you a break, and if you fail, then like you got to get sent back and you got to redo this final event with another platoon. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to suck it up. If I pass out, I pass out. And I'm really too stubborn to pass out. I will not pass out. Like, I don't care how hard I'm about to die. And like, I'm like exhausted thinking about this. Yeah. And it, it was really, really tough. I think that final hike was just like a good make or break. And it really pushed me mentally, even though my feet were destroyed and, like, bleeding, destroyed bleeding, like, bad, bad. Um, I knew, like, after this, it's just, like, pain is temporary. Like, pride is definitely forever. So I was just like, I'm just going to rock with this because then after this, I see my family. And so, so wait, you're, how old are you doing this? I was, like, seven. So I turned 18 in boot camp. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, happy birthday. Yeah, for real. <laughs> On that awful <laughs> hike. Wait, so then... um. So how's it work after? Because then I'm like a, I'm like a real dummy when it comes no, it's to okay. Shit. So I'll explain. So after like I don't know if things change now because times were a little different like seven years ago. But uh, after the three months, you get a ten day break. Um, you go back home to your families. You get to do your thing, hang out, prep, relax. Because after that, whatever your job is, if you're a grunt, then you're gonna go to um, infantry training school. Um, and if you're just like a non grunt job or a non combat job then you'll go to mct which is marine combat training which is a month long so after my 10 days came back home um went to mct for a month and then i went to like my mos school which is like my job training school so like whatever my job was or whatever my job is in the marine corps i'm a radio operator and a satellite operator i went to that school for a certain period of time so yeah which was like maybe like six months seven months and then you get deployed no and then i, I came back home um Came back home, back to my unit here. Um, once I came back home to my unit here, um, I started college again because I was a reservist. So I went monthly to the, you know, reserves. And in that time, I was also doing college. Even though I didn't want to go to college, right? Yeah. Um, I got accepted to Marist. Um, great college. And then, um, yeah, at one point, I did get deployed. And this was, like, maybe, like, my junior year, halfway through my junior year. Um, to be honest with you, I was in a major I didn't like. I was originally a sports medicine major. I hated it. I don't like sports. I know we spoke about this in the beginning. Yeah. It's funny how this all ties in. But I hated sports, but I, I chose to do it anyway because I was very athletic. I loved working out. I was in tip-top shape. And um, I felt like if I was able to help people, then it would be a really cool thing and I can learn. But it wasn't what I envisioned it to be. And I think the program was so hard and it really made me feel like I wasn't smart. And maybe it's because I didn't, you know, put in – as much effort as I definitely could have. Right. And I think it was really hard to balance at the time, just like my military life and college, because it's a lot. And yeah, a lot of people right. don't understand that. And um, I had to put in tons of clinical hours, but sometimes these clinical hours would like interfere with like my military time. 
So it's just like if I don't have a certain amount of hours, then I can't continue with the program and graduate. Does the military pay for your college? Yeah, they paid for a certain amount. Okay. And then obviously as a reservist, you don't get like the full, full, like 100% benefit, right? But uh, like I said, halfway through my junior year, I just wasn't happy. Um, I'm not going to say depressed because I don't really, I don't suffer from depression. Um, I just wasn't happy, I guess, where I was mm. at the time. And I felt like I could have been doing a lot more. And my grades were definitely suffering. Um, I just wanted to party all the time. And it's sad to say, but like I really needed like a full 360 at the time. And I don't know what the fuck I wanted to do. So I remember that summer they offered me, um, I was in the training session for two weeks uh, with a lot of my Marines. And they offered, they, it's, it's funny, this guy changed my life. But this one gun, he came out asking, um, hey, like, does anyone want to deploy who's a radio operator to CENTCOM? I didn't even know what CENTCOM was at the time, which stands for Central Command. And I didn't even know what that meant. And I was just like, yeah, like me. Like, I raised my hand. I was a radio operator. And so I was like, cool. And then he, like, signed all the paperwork and everything. He told me it was CENTCOM. I was like, cool, whatever. Like, and I told my mom. And I didn't know where I was going at first at all. I didn't know where I was going. And then, like, um, I asked, like, two weeks later, I was like, hey, like, do you know, like, where exactly I'm going? And they're like, yeah, like, you're going to Afghanistan. And I was just like, oh, Okay. I don't have much of a choice at that point. I already yeah. signed everything. And I was like, okay. And like, I don't know how to tell my family at first. Because that's like the roughest thing. Like, yeah, that's like one real. of the places like no one wants to go, especially if you're going on a combat deployment, you know? And then um, I remember just like sitting my mom down and like I applied for classes just in case it fell through. Um, and I told my mom like, I, and I ended up switching my major actually at the end of that year too. I wanted to be a business major and I feel like it worked way better for me and that's something I should have done. Um. I told my mom, like, later on, I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like... Just casually going to Afghanistan. Yeah, no, like, I broke it down a little nicer than that. I was like, I'm not <laughs> going to go to college next semester. Um, I don't feel like I want to go back. I got this opportunity with the Marine Corps to deploy. And then she was like, oh, like, so, like, where are you going? I was like, well, I'm like, you might want to sit down for this, but uh, I'm going to Afghanistan. And she was just like, like, jaw dropped instantly. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, for how long? And, like, my orders at the time were, like, 18 months. So that was a long-ass time. And then um, I don't know how to break it down to, like, the rest of my family. Uh, I told my dad, like, much later on. My mom was, like, devastated. And she was very worried. But I told her, like, I'm a grown man. Like, I got to do this. Like, yeah. I don't want to be in school at the time. I feel like I was doing really bad. I was like, I don't want to waste your money. So was it more for, but hold on, it was a, it was more for, for you as opposed to like your, not to say that, like, because some people, their initial reason is like, I love this country more than anything. Yeah. Um, Not to say like you can't both want to do it for yourself and for mm -hmm. this country, but like for you, you felt like it was more, like what was, it was more like to try to figure out your life first and foremost. Yeah, and like. It definitely was. So it definitely was to figure out like where I wanted to go because I didn't know what I wanted. And I feel like maybe if I did something that was way, way harder than anything I've ever done in life, it would kind of just like set me back on the right path on what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, to an extent, that is definitely true. And I you know till this day, I still am figuring out what I want. Right. Obviously, I'm an artist now and I do that all the time. But uh, it definitely helped build me, I guess, into the person. But the experience was just like, Nothing I've ever been through in my life with Afghanistan, like, for sure. Mm. Definitely, like, a complete life changer, a million percent. So, okay, so when do you go to Afghanistan? So, at the time, um, when I signed my orders, I started everything, like, that January. Um, once I started everything that January. January of what year? 2019. Okay. 
Um, started everything that year. Um, I got a call from an officer, and he was just like, hey, man, you want to come in today on January 1st? And I was like, no. Yeah. It's January 1st. It's New Year's. Um, so I worked out something with him. Then we started, like, this whole entire process and um, went through all, like, the prerequisites, pre pre-training for everything. Um, it was, like, one month of, like, um, pre-training just to get all the prereqs out the way. And then I was chopped, and I was stationed at Camp Lejeune for a long time. And then I, like, pretty much we made the task force when I was with them for a while trained up for like six months head off to afghan in june and then um after that like yeah it was just smooth sailing from there we had like a couple like middle places where we met to get to those places i'm not going to say where where those places are but we met a couple places to get to like the area and then once i was in afghanistan it was just nine months do you (laughs) no hold on so wait how do you like what's your thought process the day you leave the u.s to go so like I was uh, like nervous. I was a little sad. I, it was definitely sad because like this is like I'm going on a combat deployment and um, I guess like I know what I signed up for, but like you really don't ever know what you signed right, up for. No right. one ever knows what they truly, truly signed up for. And um, I was definitely sad. It was definitely I knew it was gonna be a big change, and I really didn't know what to expect. Um, my family was just like I said, they were devastated. I knew I was gonna miss them, and like I was like in my head, I was like, what if this is like the last time I'm right. ever gonna see them? Right. You know, um. But yeah, like I just made sure, like I took in everything they were teaching me because like everything that they teach you is extremely important mm-hmm. while you're over there. So did you know anybody that was getting deployed with you? Like, nah, not at all. Wow. They were like two people were from my so unit, but like, I didn't know them. Like we built a bond clearly as right. we trained together and we all right. moved forward together. But I didn't know them, and like now I know them. There but. wasn't any party that was like, let me back out of all this and like nah, run away. Not no. at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a choice because it's just like Uncle Sam, you know, it's kind of mandatory. I don't have that choice to be like, all right, I'm going back on this. Can't say that. So, okay, so then when, how do they even, how do they fly out the military to Afghanistan? I don't even know. Oh, so I flew in a C-17. Okay. So it's almost like, I guess like for people who don't know, it's kind of like an AC-130 in Call of Duty. Okay. (laughs) Um, I guess like this, like the easiest, it's like a smaller version of that. But like you take also like commercial flights, you take things like that too. And then. And so when you get, so then you're in different places, like, like explain it to me. So there's just like a middle ground, like I'm not going to say where, yeah. right? But like when we are being transported, there's like areas where we would go to, um, just to like stay there to, like, you know, connect flights to make it to like the area we need to go to, if that makes sense. Right. So then, yeah, like once we connected all these flights, we went to this one place for like two weeks. And then after that, then we flew to Afghanistan in a C-17. Okay, and then and then once you're like in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. I heard from someone else who, who's been in Afghanistan. You, uh, everybody gets sick. Is that a, is that a thing? I mean, I you, didn't get you didn't sick. get sick. No. Um, I was drinking the water. I mean, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. So then, so you get there, and then where like where are you guys living? Like, what's it like? So like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever played like Call of Duty, but I don't know. This is one map called Afghan, which is very funny. And, like, it's exactly, I think, what people would picture in their head, like, in the movies. It's just a big, flat land of just desert. Like, nothing. And, like, little buildings. And that's exactly, like, what it looks like. Like, my first experience getting off the fucking, like, the Max Pro that I was on, which is, like, an armored vehicle. So we got off the plane. It's, like, really, like, I loved it. I thought it was, like, some real Call of Duty shit. (laughs) But, like, it's pitch black at night. We all got, like, our fucking, like, gear on and everything. We're running to, like, these Max Pros, like, dispersing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we pretty much, yeah, we, like... And armored vehicles driving to base. And then 
It's exactly like what you would picture. It. It's just like a big what, flat. But land. what are you thinking? Are you th- are you like shook at this point at all? A little bit, yeah. Because you're like, what the fuck am I like? Where am I? Uh, yeah, I'm just like, because it's foreign, like, and you don't know, yeah. but like, you got to just trust the process, like, because like once it's different, like once you're in it, because clearly you have so much, so many thoughts going through it, but like, you got to remember like what you trained for. Like you trained all this time to do this one exact job. Right. And like you can't back out now because now you got to understand you have people to the left and right of you right, who right. are also relying on you right, right. to do your job. So it was definitely like a big life change. I was like, and it was pitch black at night, so I don't even know what the fuck I was at at the time. But. So so your so your job was it was radio, what is it? I'm a radio operator and so a satellite is, communications. So what does that exactly like entail? So like I work on pretty much like uh, military grade like radios. So I operate them, maintain them. I'm able to make like calls on the field with them and then for like my satellite job is I'm able to use antenna terminals connect to a satellite in okay. space or you know like little orbit and I'm able to provide services for people like in the field like like internet services so, like give me an example services. of how that what 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 happened like like how does that like relate? manifest okay so like for our mission right just in terms of what we were doing we have a lot of computers and a lot of phones and the systems that now, now, hypothetically speaking, right, like here in America, everywhere we go, you can just plug them shits in right. and they work, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, obviously over there it's a little different because, like, you have phones with, like, um, different, like, classified information titles and, you know, secret, unclassified, things like that. And then, like, the way it works is, like, I have this gear, this little piece of equipment on the field. That's like satellite. It's called satellite terminal equipment. It does a whole bunch of different things, right? And what it does is like it's a little antenna dish and it shoots up into the sky. And like what I do is like once it connects to the satellite, what it does is this is exactly how like your little internet providers work at home. Right. Connects to the sky. And then once I send a message to them, they send a message back to me. And then once we're locked onto like the bird, which is the satellite. Mm -hmm. Now, like this system that I currently have pretty much acts as like a modem or router. And I'm able to provide internet to other people who want to plug into it and like phones who want to connect to it. And then people can make these calls to each other on like the whole entire network that we're on. And if you really want, you can really call home, but you know, shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And I have my cell phone. It's not like I couldn't are you, use yeah, it. Yeah. You're allowed to. Yeah. I had my cell phone. We just couldn't like post any pictures, nothing like that. So I posted whatever kept a whole bunch of things for myself and then if i wanted to make any transactions check my bank account i was on a vpn the whole entire time okay yeah i wasn't getting robbed you crazy yeah for (laughs) real um so so then like what at what point like do you remember your first quote-unquote like like scariest moment where you're like i'm in battle i'm in like this is real this is not just like so there was there was definitely i guess like a lot of moments for me where i definitely felt i shouldn't i shouldn't say scared but i guess it was just more of like like this is happening right now i was like oh shit and like i think it like it all clicked to me like the first month we were there like someone like killed himself wow. and it goes to show you the reality that like like everyone has problems and a lot of people don't know how to deal with them mm-hmm. and like that's everybody i don't care what anyone says mm-hmm. and then obviously sometimes um people get obviously like a little too much i'm not gonna say like killing himself was the right thing to do but for some people that's like the the sweet escape right you know which is not the way to go what are the conversations like amongst the other marines or like the people are there general like who are the people that like yes yeah, so like i was in i was in a shop right like we always spoke to like our leaders but it wasn't the same as like the people who were like 
our peers right you know because like we're homeboys right like so like our bosses they always try to keep it like professional but like some of the people we got like really really close to no matter like what the rank was right because we're out there all together we're all going through the same exact thing so it definitely like wasn't easy but the rank structure like it really didn't matter all the time because if you want to have like a serious conversation like you know where we are like i don't really need to like even harp on that it's just something that we always knew that we could talk about if we had something going on but like that was just like the one realization for me where i feel like damn all right this is serious like this is where we are how do they bring that up with you guys in terms of like uh, like oh like this fellow just killed himself like how's that do they tell you or do yeah because so we had like a warrior's funeral like we all pretty much like he was in like it sounds weird but he was in a body bag pretty much when american flag over him and he we're all like in an aisle saluting and he's just walking down and, like people just walking into a helicopter to like fly home it's yeah. shitty and at, at that moment i was like okay like we're out here right now you yeah. know what i'm saying like we're out here and um it was definitely tough, but like I said, I've definitely... So at the did time... Did you know that guy? I did not. Okay. But it still sucks to like yeah, see, you know? So I guess like the biggest, biggest scare for me, I should say, not that it wasn't like a bunch of other scary moments, but uh, um, I was like a medical radio operator at the time. So like I worked with the medical people there. Right. And I used to help like, you know, work with patients and um, call in all their nine lines and fill out all their paperwork. And I always went to this combat fob with like one of my best friends. And we always, like, chilled and everything on the fob. And it was a small fob. It was in Lashkarga. And uh, I guess, like, I left, like, a week before they got caught in an explosion. So as a, med- like, a medical radio operator, I get to see everything. Right. So I, when I was working on, like, these patients, like, it really hit different seeing a major, yeah, like, catastrophe happen. So whatever, the other base got hit, and they called something over the radio. And I was like, oh, shit, like, this isn't a fucking drill. I run over. And then, like, bro, like, when I tell you it was, like, a movie, like, it was literally, like, a movie. So I'm over here filling out all the paperwork, doing all the nine lines over the radio. I'm trying to get all the details for, like, my chief. And then, like, people just start, like, rolling in, bro, like, like gushing blood everywhere. And it's, like, fucking, like, a movie. And, like, I really feel like it hit me when, like, I saw this one kid come in with, like, a couple tourniquets on his leg. And then... He comes in rolling in. I thought he was joking at first because he screamed and he was like, it's fucking hot in here. And I, I thought it was funny at first. And then like I really realized I look over to him and I'm like, like I, I see them taking off the tourniquets, bro. And he's just like gushing blood from his like leg, like all over the floor. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that looks really painful. And he's like screaming in agony. And then like I didn't realize like my best friend got hit. So like wow. one of my best friends, he just rolls in and I see him in pain and I'm like, this is real yeah yeah yeah. and like it's it's different to like see your friend on the operating table and you're there like looking at him and it's just like oh shit like this is real like this is real life right now and like you don't know if they're gonna die and you're talking to them and it just it really does hit different and like i said it wasn't just two people like people just kept rolling in and like screaming pain and And it's why because what 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 it's like a water round like hit they shot like a water and then um once the water hit the ground, clearly there's like a big explosion, like a big radius. Wow. And then like they all got caught in it. But like I said, all these people were rolling in, bro. Like how many How many would you estimate? Like I think around like 10 of us got hit. Wow. And it was definitely just like a moment where it was literally a movie to me because I was just like, fuck. Because to me, like I felt like we lost. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the yeah. mission's done. Like Call of Duty, like we'll get them next time. Yeah, like, yeah. No, like literally, like it just felt really shitty seeing all my friends come in. And it hits different seeing all your friends is on like an operating table. Right. And it's just like they're screaming in pain and they're in agony. And like you can't really do nothing to help them. And I guess like 
survivor's guilt is real. Like they didn't die gratefully, right? But like I always feel like I could have done more, and right. maybe that's something I, I still need to work on and hash out myself because they're still here, and I'm really grateful for that. But like I always feel like I could have always done more, even though like yeah, but you're I not even I a medic. I know, yeah, and even though I know I couldn't, but like that's not my job. But right. it's no, just like when you see that, you right. feel like helpless. You what know? do you, and so do they have any like lingering issues with those? specific injuries still yeah so like definitely like you know a lot of things like come with things like that like ptsd clearly and like maybe like some like ongoing like physical issues right. but like that's just for life and that's definitely going to be with them for life as it was going to be like with me for life because that was just as traumatizing right. for me right you know um but yeah like i remember i was with my friend i was talking to him the whole entire time and like after the, like they finished like working on him i looked at him and i was just like like what happened bro like, what happened? Like, I didn't know what to say. I felt like a kid. Yeah. I was like, what happened? And then he looks at me, and he was just like, like he was high as fuck because all the medicine. Yeah. But he was just like, he's like, they got me, man. Like, they fucking got me. And he's like, I'll see you, like, home. And I was like, damn. Is that what happened? Different. Like, Yeah. So they, so after, like, a serious injury like that, they'll... They they'll bring... ship him off home. Yeah. Okay. And then I was like, damn, like, that really hit different. I know. And I was just like, like, I'll see you home, bro. Like, I guess I'll see you soon. Man. Then, like, we came home, and he was there. And I was like, yeah, we made it. How do you, so, like, how do you deal on, like, a day-to-day if you, if, like, do you feel like you suffer from PTSD? Would you say? I definitely, like, when I came back home, I was definitely, like, on edge, like, all the time. About, like, what, what was making you on edge? I don't know. I just feel like over there, you had to live, like, on alert all the time. Right. So, it was just, like, same exact thing. Like, it's not like I didn't hear explosions. It's not like I didn't, like, see all that. And then it was just, like, I came back home and then, like... I definitely had a lot of issues. Like, I definitely did. And I, I feel like I hashed them out with myself, like, pretty good. And, like, my mom was definitely just like, should go talk to somebody. And I was like, no, like, I'll be all right. Probably should have talked to someone. I probably still can talk to someone, right? But uh, I think that's something, like, important that we have to, like, understand and realize with ourselves. But, like, with that whole, like, thing, like, I, I feel like I wasn't myself. I feel like when I came back home, even though I was done over there, I felt like, I still was obligated for things that were happening over there, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I was still over there in the sense of where, like, I still need to do my job, but, like, I was home. Right. And it was really weird. Like, I would wake up and be like, where's my rifle? Right. And it's just like, because you're with it every day. Right. And they tell you, like, you can't lose this, obviously. Did you, uh, what was it like when you knew you were going to come home? Like, that feeling before you got home? Oh, uh, amazing. I was know? so happy and overwhelmed. I did so much, like, karaoke. <laughs> at like at like the spot we stayed at um before like our transit area yeah. did so much karaoke it was such a good time and then like it was just like a big relief because like it was just like damn like yeah we, we i did it. couldn't believe like we it, it really did feel like oh like we did it yeah like, we made it back and like i don't know like maybe my boys might feel the same might not feel the same but yeah for me it was just like this is unreal and now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves and now they've introduced a subscription 
food delivery service, and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month, and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. And so, okay, so from now... We'll talk about the music stuff in a second, but like, all right, so you're still currently a Marine. Yeah. And, and would you like, do you have the choice on if you can or will be deployed or? I have like, I definitely have a choice. Um, They offered me a deployment recently, but I decided not to because I wanted to pursue my degree. Okay. And then I graduated in May. So okay. I got that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And so, so like, what do you, with regards to the Marine Corps, like, what is your plan? What are your plans with that? Continue like another maybe like 20 years, or I should say 13 years. I'm trying to get out in 20. But uh, yeah, like I want to continue my career. I just re-enlisted for another four years. Okay. So um, yeah, I definitely want to push myself a little bit more. I want to be an officer in the Marine Corps. So like, I don't know if I want to go the regular officer route or I want to go the warrant officer, which is pretty much like an officer, but who specializes like in their job. So I definitely want to like put in for all that. And but wait, so what? More. What befuddles me is like, okay, so so you have a a new single coming out July first. I what, do. Well, this will come out on either on July first or mm-hmm. shortly before or after. Um, a great song. I was telling you, I, I'm not kidding. I, I was, appreciate. I was it. bumping it heavily. Um, uh, with featuring Dave East, very mm-hmm. big feature, of course. Um, so where I'm befuddled though is. Like, say that that takes off or say that, like, mm-hmm. the music takes off. Is there any, like, like would you, are you still prioritizing the Marine Corps over So, like, uh, according to, like, the order, I'm pretty sure, like, if you get, like, really famous and rich, they kick you out. Oh. Because it's, like, a crazy <laughs> lifestyle change. And then they believe that um, since you're making, like, so much money, like, why should you care since we're not paying you as much? Right. And it's a big lifestyle change and you pretty much become, like, a safety issue. Okay. But, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like, to be honest with you, like, I, I love my Marines and I always talk to them. And like I love them like like my family. Right. So like even if I did get big, I feel like I would want to stay in because like I feel like it humbles me. It keeps me like on like, you know, this platform where I'm just like, all right, like not like we're all here together doing the same shit just because outside of this I live I might live nicer. Doesn't mean like I don't want to be here with y'all doing the same thing because I love this life too. So know? wait, what I'm confused about is like when you're here, mm-hmm. you get to live life normally. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. There's no like Oh, I have to be at this place at a certain time. No, yeah, it's like so. There is like monthly, right? And like for le- at least me now, like I'm platoon sergeant of my platoon, so like it's pretty much I'm on work twenty four seven. But like, I-, I get to live my life like day to day like a normal person. Yeah. Okay, and so wait, so they, so they, but they, so they pay you like every like so you- monthly. So when I go in for like the days that I need to go in, they'll pay me. Um, if I have to work outside of those work days that are designated to us, then I get like additional retirement points okay. to my retirement. Okay. And so, so like do most like active Marines, they have like full-time jobs, other full-time jobs? Yeah. So like being a reservist, like that's the whole point of being a reservist. You kind of get to dib and dab into gotcha. like the Marine Corps life, but also have like a regular civilian life. Gotcha, so you pretty gotcha. much get like two incomes, if that makes sense. Gotcha. And okay. That's cool. Compared to like an active duty Marine who's like on call 24 seven, always doing their job 24 seven. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. It's a little bit of a different lifestyle, but like, like I said, I'm not, I will never judge someone for choosing like either, either life, you know? Um, 
both are just as hard. And I feel like it's harder sometimes even for reservists because you balance out your personal life and work life and the Marine Corps. So, okay, so right now, are you you doing music full-time while you're here? Yep. Okay. Full-time. So a lot of people always just think like, how did how did music come into play? Right, right. When you're doing this all this Marine Corps shit. So it's funny. So in college, I know we're gonna go a little back here, but uh in college, um, I heard a song on the radio. I'm not gonna say the song, but I was like, damn, this shit sucks. Um <laughs> I was like, I could definitely do a better song than this. So I was really interested. I started with one of my best friends at the time. Um, started making music together. And I was like, Oh, like this could be something cool. Yeah. And then I started doing it and people started like reciprocating it and obviously at the time when I was rapping about shit I definitely didn't do and I probably yeah. shouldn't have rapped about. Yeah. But that's like what everyone starts off as, I feel like, because you're so influenced by everything that you hear. Right, right. And then um, I didn't take it serious. It was just a hobby for a while. I started off on SoundCloud. And then um, I dropped like my first like little mini EP that was a little more serious before I deployed. And then um, when I came back home, I was just like, I wrote some music out there and I dropped another project when I got back home from Afghan because I had the funds. Um, and I feel like I was at that point, I was like, I want to take this shit serious now. I was like, I could definitely do this. And right. then, um, so like, I want to say like, it was always just been a hobby to drop it for fun. And I didn't take it serious maybe until like 2020 okay. is when I really was just like, all right, this is going to be like serious. I really want to do this. And then, yeah. And then pretty much like from there moving forward in 2020, I worked with a team, like took everything serious, had a PR team, had a marketing team, got verified on Instagram through like PR. Right. And then, like, Instagram, obviously. And then, like, I just started taking my career more and more. I started to network. It's really about who you know. Right. Not really what you know. And then I just continued to work on my craft. I was never happy with the music I was dropping, ever. Until I want to say, like, the last, like, four songs that I've dropped. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, even then, like, I'm always just, like, I hear it. And I'm like, I could always fix this. Mm-hmm. But to someone who hasn't heard me, could be, like, clean ears, you know. Right. They're always just like, wow, like, this is actually pretty decent. Yeah. But, like, I could tell, like, no one ever really, like, took me serious mm-hmm. until I want to say my last, like, three or four songs. Okay. And I think the last three or four songs were just, like, boom, like, on the nose. Like, right. this is me as an artist. And I feel like this newest song that I have now with, like, Dave East, it's just, like, the most of me, like, in a song. Right. Where it makes, like, sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it's what I was saying to... um to Josh and 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 I was actually in the car with one of my friends the other day and I and I played it and they were like wait I feel like I've like I've heard like, everyone says you that. know like it's like says they, they it's like I feel like that like this is like some like m- like very like high quality mainstream things that you'd hear on the radio mm-hmm. you know what I mean so so that's why I'm excited to um to for you to drop it because like I think it's like one of it's one of the it's what I was telling you the other day mm-hmm. even when we were when we were messaging um. That it's like one of those songs that would go viral on TikTok, or like you know. So, um, so I'm ex- I'm excited for people to hear it. I think so. How the Davies like? How does that come about? I'll even, I'll tell you how the whole process of the song came about, which is really interesting. So I was working in the studio at the time on a couple songs, and um, one of my friends that I met at a Davies drop because my best friend Ethan, uh, he took me to a drop for Davies, and at the time I wasn't super huge into Dave. I wasn't listening to him like all the time. Listen to him. Uh, didn't get into him like too too much, right? Always was a fan of his music though, right. like not nothing like that. Amazing dude, lyricist, bars all the way through, and like he's definitely like a perfect like representation of like hard work and hustle, right. and definitely a big influence from like all the old heads, and I love it. And like I always listened to that and I heard that through his music, but I never thought I would have a feature with Davies. Mm-hmm. So like he wasn't always on like my biggest demographic, but always like listened to his music at the gym, loved his music. Mm-hmm. Um. And then at the time, like I said, I met this kid named Forsyth. 
And we hung out on that line. We were talking. He said he had a song with Davies. So he wanted to meet Davies at the pop-up shop. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's like really cool. Mm-hmm. So like we just talked for a little bit. I didn't stay for the pop-up shop the whole time. I got their Instagrams and then that's it. And then after the pop-up shop, like Ethan, like my friend, started showing me like more and more Davies. And I was like, damn, this shit is fire. Like, yeah, yeah. like he's really talking. <laughs> like I really love this shit. And like I do sometimes I do catch on like a little late to like a lot of artists, but I'm glad like I caught on to it because like his music be in a way like changes my life because right. I love it and I can hear it and I'm like alright this is like really good influence I, I hear what he's saying like I love what he's talking about and then um because like you know he pretty much has like that trench talk and I think like a lot of people can relate to that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. though I'm a very different artist from that right. like people can also relate to me and I feel like if I can have the best of both worlds on a song that'd be cool but like that's for much later I'll tell you how that even comes in so um I was working in the studio this one time and um Forsyth, he sent me a song and he was just like, yo, I want you to be on this song. Can you send me a verse for this? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll send you a verse for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sent him the verse literally same day, like in the next like three or four hours. Yeah. He sent me a message. I was like, recorded, done. He's like, damn, this is fire. And then I was like, yeah, man, like, don't even worry about it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to charge you because I was already working in the studio mm-hmm. at the time. Um, don't worry. That doesn't go for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I was already working at the studio at the time. So I was already like locked in and, um, like two, three weeks later, maybe we started talking like more and more going through like the mixes that he made with the song. And I was like, yeah, this is like really, really dope. I like it a lot. Like, let me know when you're going to drop it. And we all just started going through it like a little more, started talking more and more. And we got really cool. And then um, he hit me up one day. He's like, hey, um, I know you're a serious artist and it looks like you want to take your career to the next level. And it looks like you've recently been investing a lot. And like this is when my song Kill Switch came out. And like that was like my biggest like debut. And like it was fantastic so perfect drop um he was just like yeah like i have an opportunity for you um there's a bunch of artists i can get you on if you would really like to have that opportunity and davies happened to be one of them so i was like damn like where i was like i was like let me know the price (laughs) so like yeah like i i talked to him he like pretty much like middleman for me at the time um and then yeah like team his team was extremely professional uh davies team so shout out to them for being extremely professional working with me and i sent them like the folder and a package with everything i wanted like for the song and like the idea of the song and then sent it over to them i wasn't expecting to get it back for like months because usually like people who are in the industry they have a lot of work to do they don't get back to people no like bro like a week later i got i got the first back and i was like oh shit like this is serious like serious serious and like me Nothing ever really works in my favor all the time. I feel like the last two drops were like the best things that ever happened to me. And I feel like they actually worked out. So like when I got all the files, I like saved it to my uh, laptop. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, all right, no one's <laughs> taking this shit from me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then I worked. I went to my studio, worked on the song. And then I'm not going to lie. I went through like 20, 30 versions of this song, probably wow. like 20 versions with like my mixing and mastering engineer to... Um, make it sound how i originally wanted like i couldn't tell like the vocals were too low or if they were just perfect and i don't want them too high and like i have i give like, if you go on my phone there's only like like 15 yeah, 20 versions yeah. of the song that i have um but the final version is the one i sent you obviously yeah, yeah. And i feel like that was the one that worked best in my opinion right um and then yeah like i said i got the verse back from him in a week or two and then i started just working around everything um once i got the song i was super excited and I was very, very excited to even, like, show my mom. Right. And I was just like, she always supports, right? And sometimes she'll fund me as well, like, you know, just because she supports that, yeah, like, yeah. dream of mine. And then, yeah, I showed her the song. She's like, damn, like, this is really, really good. And she uh-huh. likes it. And then, um, yeah, like, I shot the music video for it, having a music video coming out, hopefully on July 1st. Um, We're still, like, in the works right now, like, editing okay. everything. So 
hopefully it drops July 1st. If not, it'll be that week after. And then, um, yeah, did the music video. I got the song. Shout out to Forsyth for, you know, plugging me with his team. Right making this happen because if it wasn't for him then i wouldn't have been able to make it happen Damn. really and then yeah like i said like very awesome people i'm really happy that i got to you know work with Forsyth and davy's team to make this like happen because right. you know and it's funny because my best friend ethan his his favorite artist is like davy's wow and that, it's just funny cool how things moment. like fall into like place and i was like bro i gotta tell you something like, i know <laughs> i got the feature with davy's and, he, must have been and he was like what the fuck? And then when he heard the song, he was like, nah. Yeah. He's like, this shit. He slid on that shit. Yeah. I was like, no, like he did. Like nah. he did a really good job. I know. And then, yeah, like pretty much then, like from when I got the song, I've just been working on just marketing it, yeah. making all the animations, all the visuals right. with like the people that I work with. And I think it's going to do really good. The person who produced it, Jack, um, shout out to Jack, man. Like one Jack Hayes. That's like his like TikTok name. Um, but I call him Jack. Um, Worked on it, and it's funny how the beat even came about. Um, I was making songs for Davies at the time, mm -hmm. like I was trying to make songs that I would send to him mm -hmm. that he could feature on, and um, I didn't like any of them. And I was like, This isn't me, like right. as an artist, right. I feel like I'm pushing a little too hard, like this gangster rap out of mm -hmm. me, and it's like it's, it's not coming out good. And I was just scrolling through TikTok, and like just one beat came on my page, and it was a Camila Sabeo times like Jack Harlow collab type, yeah. beat, and he sampled Camila Sabeo. And I was like, I want this beat, but like we can't use Camille Sabeo. Yeah. Because like, you know, shout out Camille Sabeo is a good song, you yeah. know, bum bum, that new song with Ed Sheeran, yeah, yeah. fire. Um, but I was like, we can't use this. I'm mm -hmm. like, you need to give me a cleared sample. Right. And like at first I think he didn't know how serious I was with the song. And then I think he knew I was really, really serious when I, I sent them over, like, yo, I got Davies on this. And like from there it was just like history. He was like, ding, like, oh wow. shit, this is really happening. So like yeah, and like he's very like popular on TikTok. He's yeah. famous. Right. And like I was like, this is gonna really help me. Right. Like this is gonna like you know, like I trusted him a lot and he's making content for the song now on TikTok and how he got that placement. And I feel like the song is just gonna over I think it's just gonna blow, man. Like so it has no what, choice. So like what would be the what would be like the dream? The dream? Yeah. I wanna go to a mall and it closes down because I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So like <laughs> so the dream for me, like in my opinion, like I wanna be able to just work with a bunch of like just the people that I've always grown up on, meet these people, learn from them, take in this advice. Like I always sounds really cliche because people always say I wanna give back, but like I genuinely like want right, to give right. back. Like I wanna build up the neighborhood I was raised in and give back to them. I'm not on that level yet, right? Like a lot of people always say like you could start now, but like I could, it could be very minimal, but I want to be able to just make it and just right. make a big change yeah, yeah. instead of something small that's not going to last. Right. And I feel like for me like the big overall dream is just I want to be on stage. I want like have like thousands of people just screaming my so name. So if you're on stage and you're and you're there like the Marine Corps going to kick you out. I mean, maybe. Or they'll support me. <laughs> or, they'll, <laughs> or they'll support me. One of the two. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the goal... I don't know what that is. But, like, my, my dream, like I said, like, that's... I just want to be on stage. I want to have millions of people, thousands of people just knowing who I am. And, like, I want to show them that you can make it, you know? I think it's awesome, too, because, like, you... Uh, what, what I'm kind of, like, realizing is the whole your whole experience in the Marine Corps it so clearly translates into like your work ethic and even your mindset, it seems like to me and yeah. music and I guess your life in general. I think so. And I, honestly, I don't think I've ever looked at it like that. That's a good way to put it. I guess from someone who's like an outside perspective. Right. Cause I mean like, think about it, like 
hard work is, you know, there are people that work hard, um, but not everybody does. But then also there's like another level of like, there's another level of like hard work and also just like respect for the people that you work with and the, and your family and mm-hmm. your friends and your neighborhood. And like, and for me, I feel like you encompass all of that really well. And so I think like that's something that you don't see amongst a lot of like 20 year olds naturally. And so, you know, I guess the one, it could be from being raised by two very good parents mm-hmm. and also just by also by virtue of, you know, your experiences um, in something as structured and as concrete as the Marine Corps. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. And like I said, I guess I just continue to grow and just like, you know, try to work on myself. Then like, hopefully it just makes me better as a person. I can just keep pushing more, more up that little totem pole. So, okay. So say you come back here in like a year or two or wherever, whenever, like just hypothetically or five years or whatever, like, okay, let's say, let's say in five years. Like where where is everything at? Like in five years, like if I come back here, if you come back right here, oh man, security team gonna be right yeah. out this door. <laughs> Josh is gonna be strapped up in here. We're gonna have thousands of dollars on the table. We're gonna have a whole team in yeah. here. It's gonna be. What are we gonna be drinking? Yeah, we're gonna be drinking. I, I stopped. I actually stopped drinking stopped, recently. Okay, never mind. I did so stop drinking. drinking. I stopped. Um, what are we eating? Caviar. Sh- caviar. You're, gonna, you're bringing the caviar. Uh, obviously, come on, <laughs> a little caviar with some sushi with the caviar. Yeah. We have the chefs over here. <laughs> uh, right. There. No, like in five years, like if I do like come back here, I really do hope. Like I said, like Josh has been a really big part also of our podcast, Brothers in the Deep End, and um, like I never forget people, in my opinion, like who have always helped us grow. Right. And like for people who've always been there. Yep. For me. I always want to give back to them. Like I always said, like if I won like mega millions, I would always, I have like two or three people that I would always, I would give definitely money to. Yeah. But like, there's also like people like hypothetically speaking, like right. If I win, I, even though I probably never will, <laughs> like I would definitely give like Josh a, a big cut of that to Let's help go, this baby. because not because seriously, like I see what he tries to do for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it's extremely important that like, and like I said, bringing up people is the biggest thing. I think he loves genuinely helping people. Mm-hmm. So when you are able to spread your wealth, you know, and pretty much build like your little army. Mm-hmm. Like you can always bring up other people. If he's able to have those funds and build up this place even more, yeah, that helps him and that can help other people right. on this platform. And I think that's like just awesome because everyone's so in tune with just like made like mean and like mainstream media and yeah. it's just like everyone's so like tired of it. No, this is nice. Me, you and I are. We can start the Josh fan club. That's what I'm saying. Um, no, yeah, we we love we love we absolutely love Josh here. Um, no, I think. Look, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think agree. I think your mentality is, is uh, well, like jokes aside, I think like it's it's like a really um, it's humbling in a lot of ways too, because it's like you're working on your craft, you're also doing, like, real life shit, you mm-hmm. know, that not a lot of twenty year olds are doing. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm uh, I'm excited for you. Um, I appreciate you sh- taking the time today. Of course. And, uh, Thank you. I'm, uh, you know, when this thing comes out, we're gonna we're gonna blow it out of the water. Oh my god, I can't and, wait! Uh, I can't wait to show the world this, man. I really I know, can't. I know it's gonna it's gonna be very good, and um, you know, uh, anything that I can do to to help boost the shit out of it, mm-hmm. I will do, and you'll let me know. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much for for doing this, and oh, I'm ex- I'm so excited much. for you. And shout out to Josh, man. Yeah, <laughs> the man's really the goat. For real, for real. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Thank you so much, man. Perfect.